Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title. This is Keyshawn Rains, your host. Today's conversation is with a lovely, amazing human being who I had the privilege of meeting another person I had a privilege of meeting at the event also known as Wakanda Lust at Wanderlust in Atlanta. This woman is absolutely amazing and she also happens to share a birthday with my mother which I think is super dope and just created a deeper connection between us. She is a person who decided to follow her calling into the world of yoga and after discovering her own path decided to step out on faith to take the big leap and open up a yoga studio of her own in Cleveland, Ohio and it is growing it is thriving and it is an exciting element in the community that she serves. So we got to dive a little bit deeper into understanding her journey, what brought her to the mat, and most importantly, what it's like to live a full life after 50. This woman set an intention. She decided to create a list of adventures, things that she wanted to do, live, see, be, accomplish, and experience, and is living a full life after 50. So she is an inspiring human being. I'm looking forward to sharing this conversation with my girl Dawn. So sit back, get comfortable, take a couple of long, deep cleansing breaths, and get ready to listen to another conversation. I, this year, decided to step outside, way outside of my comfort zone and invite featured guests that I don't have, you know, a close personal friendship relationship Mm -hmm. with. Um, Last year, every one of the featured guests I know personally. Mm -hmm. And we have, you know, a rapport that predates, you know, the podcast existence. However, at the time, that's what I was most comfortable with was like, you know, I have some really dope conversations. So why not have them on the podcast? So this season, mm-hmm. I decided that I would invite some of those same people back to feature, but then expand it and invite some people that I've actually been wanting to talk to and have wanted to be able to meet and have wanted to be able to have conversations with based on what they present on social media, you know, meetings in person that, you know, happen on occasion <laughs> these days. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But stepping way outside of that and reaching for people who have, you know, over a million followers or people that are, you know, influencers with major brands and et cetera, et cetera. And what's been great about it is that every single person that I have invited has said yes, every single one. Oh, and that's been really dope. And it's been very, um, it's been very uplifting as well because I'm, you know, thinking I'm just little old me with my little headphones <laughs> and my little iPhone recording my podcast from my right. app and, you know, in the quietest part of my house. And, you know, who am I? Why do people want to talk to me is what I'm thinking in my mind. But it's been a very, um, it's been, like I said, it's been a very exciting and empowering experience because it lets me know that I'm obviously doing something right. You know, that I'm, that I'm standing in my purpose, that I'm standing mm-hmm. in my light, that I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing because when you're, I believe when you're walking in your purpose that the road is often uncertain, but it's always steady. It's like, Oh no, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing. Yep. Keep doing that. Is it? Mm -hmm, That's good. Maybe we're going to move you over here now, but it's a steady road. It's a steady path versus one that kind of just feels like it's a struggle and it's a strain. This is a lot of, and it's like, wait, maybe this is just not what I'm supposed to be doing. And yes. one of my mantras is if it's meant to be, it's easy. It's mm. easy. It might require effort, but it's easy. It's like doing the dishes. I don't like doing the dishes, <laughs> but it's easy. You know what I mean? All I got to do is run the water, a little scrub, done that, or put it in the dishwasher, even easier. Right. You know? So if it's meant for me, it's easy. It's it's meant for me. It comes to me easy. The conversations are easy. The connections are easy. The work is even easy if it's meant for me. And if it starts to feel like it's hard, it's not that I don't want to, you know, put forth effort, but it's like, maybe that's just not what's meant for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to leave that alone for right now. But- so welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so you much. for having me introduce yourself to the listeners and share a little bit about who you are and what you're about and what you're up to right now. Okay. Um, I'm Dawn Rivers. I live in a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I am celebrating my 50th birthday this coming year. So I'm doing what I call 50 by 50. 
Mm-hmm. So people ask me, is this a bucket list? And I'm like, no, I, I just kind of do lists sometimes or adventurous things. And when I ask people for um, suggestions, I pretty much have done everything people suggested. Oh, how about skydiving? I'm like, I've done that. How about whitewater rafting? I've done that. How about zip lines? I've done plenty of those. How about, you know, all these things? And I said, it's not so much that it has to be adventurous per se, but it, I want to grow as a person and go into my um, next decade feeling alive and, and making choices um, that are fully my own. Mm. And so part of that um, preparing for my 50th is that I'm about to quit my full-time job as a school librarian mm. and run my yoga studio full-time. So Daybreak Yoga is the name of my studio space um, in Bedford, Ohio. It's mm-hmm. southeast of Cleveland. And um, this summer, I will resign and put all of my energy and effort into to that. So mm-hmm. part of my 50 by 50 is setting up certain things to make sure that my business will sustain me mm-hmm. and um, continue to bring me fulfillment and joy and connect me with people and um, spread the wellness practice of yoga um, to more people, especially people of color. So mm. <laughs> that's a I little like bit that. about me. I like that. What are some uh, things that are on your 50 by 50 list that you've already completed? So I wanted to see Patty LaBelle. I saw her last weekend. <clears throat> um, then Diana Ross is coming here. So I'm seeing her uh, this coming Sunday and I never saw Jill Scott. So when I was in DC this past weekend. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess, no, Pay LaBelle was two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. So when I was in um, DC, where my daughter lives and for a training, I decided let's go see Jill Scott in Baltimore. So we drove to Baltimore <clears> and <throat> we went to see her. So I love going to concerts. Mm-hmm. Those, I felt like I want to see these women who are 75, who are killing the game, mm-hmm. who are beautiful, who still have their voices yeah. before I miss out. And to be in a presence of, of a woman who knows her gift and did not squander it. Mm-hmm. She, she loved on herself enough, took care of her voice, took care of her body, that she wanted to continue to give this back to other people. And that was important to me as I'm going into my 50th year. It's like, I really have to start taking better care of myself mm-hmm. because I have a gift that I need to to take care of and continue to share with other people. So that was one. Um, another is I've had like all these markers for my business, um, submitting and being, uh, I guess, checked off by yoga Alliance to have a yoga school. Mm-hmm. So that's part of my 50 <clears throat> by 50. I will finish up my 300 hour training, um, with faith Hunter at her studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be a 500 hour teacher. That's part of my 50 by 50, Um, and then some other markers that are business related like that. Mm -hmm. And my personal life, um, I wanted to do more things like do self-care because Mm -hmm. I fall off of self-care all the time. Um, so like the normal things, massages, Mm -hmm. uh, I started doing Reiki, Reiki at least once a month. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, like the beautiful stuff, nails and hair, Mm -hmm. (laughs) things like that. But that's like superficial sometimes to me as well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But rest, I don't yeah. sleep enough. And I was like, I got to sleep more. Yep. And, and um, I have a pink Vespa motor scooter that had been parked and garage for three years. Oh. And I finally got it serviced again. So oh. um, I've had it for 10 years. I have a crew. We call ourselves the scoop crew. And so <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. And mine is pink. And so her name is Pinky. And I was like, please let Pinky still be available when I go to get my license plate re, you know, like redone. Mm-hmm. And it was. So oh, that yay. was part of my 50 by 50 too. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love how when, and I think this happens for people a lot. I think particularly women also is like we get to these, um, I guess, milestones in our, you know, in our aging as we, as we grow, as we mature, that we get to these milestones and it's like, you know, 21 and then 30 and then 40 and then 50 and then, you know, 60. And I think when I was turning 40, which was now two years ago, um, I had had, you know, a similar intention of like, these are things that I wanted, want to do 
by the time I turned 40. So building up mm-hmm. to 40 and countdown to 40. And some things were, you know, personal for personal development. Some things were for business development. And some things were just like, because I hadn't right. done it. You know what I mean? And so I think what's nice is that when we see a milestone and age is a milestone for everyone, when we see a milestone approaching, we start to really take inventory of our lives and see like, okay, what have I not started? What have I not completed? What have I never even explored? And what are some things that I really want to do? And I like how you said it's not a bucket list because I know the bucket list is like, I got to do this before I die. And it's like, well, I might live to be 125. Who knows? You know what I mean? I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So maybe I'll just do this, you know, before I turn 50. And when I reached my 40th birthday, there were a, a handful of things that were still on the list that had not been completed. Mm-hmm. And I went through this whole like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't do this by 40. I can't believe I didn't do that. And I had this moment of, you know, going through my inventory with like a red pen, like still didn't finish that because I can be really, I can be really hard on myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's something that I'm, you know, working on because I am a recovering perfectionist is what I call it. So, you know, so I can, you know, I had to kind of go through this period where I said, you know what, Keyshawn, it's okay because you turned 40, didn't die. Yeah. So you still have time. (laughs) You didn't, you just turned 40, you didn't die. So you can actually, like maybe go back to those things on this list and reevaluate them and explore them. And so that's what I think is cool about having something written down or, you know, typed down or whatever as a reminder, because you're only, I mean, you're in this game to compete, but you're really in this game to compete with yourself and this Mm -hmm. meaning life. And so those are sometimes like the best way to kind of measure where am I, what have I done? Oh yeah. I wanted to do this by 40. I want to do this 50. So I think that's, that's dope that you, um, that you took well, the time I to was, create something. Yeah. This is actually my second time. When I was 42, I had 42 things for my 42nd year. Um, and it was like an arbitrary time, but I was going through a divorce and I was so unhappy with everything that happened and like reflecting back. And I was like, you know what? No. So for that 42nd year, I did things like make your bed every day and read your mm-hmm. Bible, be nice to your brother. <laughs> be nice to um, your brother. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mm-hmm. should write that one down. <laughs> and well, that one still is a work in progress <laughs> all these years later. Right. But I was also getting past fear of everything mm. and the fear of what other people would have thought of me as being a divorced person mm. and being um, in a, a relationship that had domestic violence and emotional um, like strongholds, all these things. And so I was breaking free. Mm. And that's why I did that list for me. And so that's when I did things like I, I flew a plane and I did um, flying trapeze lessons and stuff like that. But, you know, it was just really for me to love me and be okay mm. with me. And mm-hmm. so that's been some time and yeah, I'm cool. And um, so this 50th thing was just really like, I want to celebrate 50 and now 50 is cool where before it didn't used to be so cool, Mm -hmm. but you know, I don't want to be like 50 and fabulous or Foxy and 50. Mm -hmm. I just want people to know that I'm alive and, and no matter where you are in your age, this is an example for you too. So I just, you know, I, I use my, my social media um, to help people get out what I say, like get off of the four block radius I feel like a lot of African-Americans, mm. girl, because everything Ooh. is in the four blood. You got your Tell church, it. you got your yes. corner store, you got your bar, you got your little dive. And it's like, there's life once you leave that four block radius. Let's go see what else is there. And so that was a part of it and being happy and learning to be happy and content by myself. Mm-hmm. Where I was at, I was married for 18 years and it was like, well, this, you know, you check with your husband or your partner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And going it alone was going into it unknown, like with blinders on, mm-hmm. or at least with some type of, um, I think of like the horses that have, I guess those are blinders. They yeah. have, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and you can't really see left or right. But when you take them off, it's like, oh, wow, look at all, look this. At all this. So, mm-hmm. I would had to take that off and just say, like you're saying, if it's meant to be, it's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And it became easier. Yep. And then the more I professed it, and that was kind of like where the manifestation started, because 
I was reading books and this one book, cause I read tons of books to try to get through being scared and depressed and lonely and sad and unhappy. Mm-hmm. And one of the books is by a woman named Joyce Meyer, who is a, mm-hmm. an evangelist. And this book her. is called. <laughs> but I wonder called... why you guys have the same birthday. So oh, we do. I like forget, right? Joyce Meyer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Continue. So I actually, like when I was divorcing, I went to see Joyce Meyer on my birthday in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know anybody. I'm going, I have family that lives there and I asked them if I could stay with them. Mm-hmm. But I went to this conference with thousands of women and some men and I was just like, I'm going to go. And they were like, mm-hmm. are you first time? I was like, yeah. So they took me to like one of the first sections. <gasps> I couldn't believe it. Wow. So, but Joyce Meyer has this book called the battlefield of the mind. And it's really about learning how to harness your words and your thoughts because thoughts and words have power and they become things. And so I would say, I hate my life. And so Mm. I did. And then one day I was like, okay, let me just change this. And I would write it down and I would profess it. I love my life. I love my life. Mm. And it literally took a year. But one day I was like, oh my gosh, I love my life. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started to celebrate more and do things as my 42nd year was, was approaching. I was like, let me do this list. And then I had things like my yellow summer where I wore yellow every single day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it actually started in DC. I got my nails painted when, when I was visiting my daughter and then I bought a hat and I bought some shorts and, and then I just said, Hmm, this is an idea. Wow. So every day I wore yellow from the beginning of the summer to my birthday. Cause that's the last day of summer, September mm-hmm. 21st. Mm-hmm. And people that I know from all over the United States and some people from other parts of the world would tag me in pictures and posts like, Hey Dawn, I got on yellow today. Cause you're yellow summer. And people oh, still remember that. Wow. That's so amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. The yellow summer. I love that. That it is fun. That's amazing. I'm that. Yeah. And when you do that again, I'm jumping on that bandwagon. <laughs> I'm jumping on the yellow summer. Shoot. Um, I love that because, I mean, as I was listening, um, what was coming up for me is like, you know, color therapy and how, you know, there's so many different things that, you know, in our environment from aromatherapy to sound therapy and color therapy is one that I often think gets forgotten mm. and or overlooked and wearing certain colors, you know, carry certain types of energy with them you know wearing darker Mm. colors carries Mm -hmm. an energy with it wearing lighter colors you know sharper colors more vibrant you know paler colors pastels they all they they certain emotion a sucker for like design like I love (laughs) interior design maybe in a former life I was an interior designer I don't know (laughs) but I love like when I watch tv it's usually hgtv and all oh yeah that's like my favorite (laughs) channel so show last night and they you know they were doing like a remodel and they walked into this person's home and all the walls were white it was pristine but it was white and it was Mm -hmm. very stark and they added like blues and pale roses and it just changed I'm watching it on tv and I'm feeling the vibe you know Mm -hmm. and I was like wow this color therapy is real and so when you mentioned the yellow summer that's what was coming up for me is like well yeah it probably would feel good to be able to wear a bright vibrant you know, playful color like yellow. And I think sometimes, um, sometimes we forget to, to grab onto those natural things when we're thinking about like self-care, you know, it might not always be going out to a spa. It might be wearing a yellow shirt mm-hmm. might just to make you feel good for that day or, you know, painting your nails or toes a different <laughs> color that make you feel good. You know, that, that self-care can look a look different depending on, you know, what you need at that point in your life. Um, the other thing that you mentioned that stood out to me, of course, was Joyce Meyer. My mom, who is your birthday twin, uh, has um, read and studied Joyce Meyer for as long as I can remember. I remember when I went to college, she gave me like a book of mm-hmm. daily devotion yes. by Joyce Meyer that I still, you know, keep with me. And um, I love the message about, like you said, the battlefield of the mind. And I think that that is something that we're becoming more aware of as this topic of mindfulness and this concept of mindfulness starts to weave itself into our culture in a way that it wasn't always present. You know, um, I went to a doctor's appointment a couple of weeks ago, just a routine doctor's appointment. And I was sitting in the waiting room and there was this poster board that was up on an easel and it said, be sure to talk to your service provider about our mindfulness services. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was like, 
at the doctor y'all doing mindfulness it's it's a thing y'all doing this now you know I was really like oh okay doctor so and so so um tell me a little bit more about the mindfulness that's happening here at MedStar and she said oh my gosh you do yoga she was like it's it I mean you could probably be teaching the class is what she told me and I said well yeah let's talk about that yeah revenue stream (laughs) we'll we'll come back to that I'm good my blood pressure is cool cool let's talk about money um but (laughs) What stood out to me also was the fact that it was being introduced in a medical space. And that for me was an identifier that these practices, while they are holistic, while they are spiritual in their, in their roots and their foundation, that they're starting to find their ways into these quote unquote, non-traditional corporate and medical spaces. Yes. So, um, because I realize that people are, full beings yes and they need more than just a paycheck and you go in and you pat them on the back in order to continue to be healthy correct you need all these things woven in spiritual is real we are spirit beings we're we're not just human beings we have spirits we have souls we have minds we have emotions and we need all these services in order for us to be productive so if you want your um your sick days to go down people need to feel like they can either talk to somebody or Mm -hmm. move or breathe or have acupuncture and not just always taking a a pill to fix it. Exactly. I agree. I think that um, mindfulness practices are, it's so funny because it almost like goes back to the basics. Like I think about when I was a kid and, you know, I would be, you know, like stressed out about this or that. And my mom would be like, Sean, just take it, just breathe, just take a deep <laughs> breath, just take a deep breath. And at the time I'm like, okay, you know, like, like it was work to breathe, you know, but it was just something that a mom tells her child, take a deep breath. It's okay. Calm down, you know, relax. Right. The things that we were taught, hopefully as children or soothing activities that we were, we were given by parents or, you know, caregivers that we like stop doing those things for ourselves at some point, And we get into this. <laughs> no and we're like you said just you know keep your head down nose to the grindstone just get it done get it done get it done and who cares if you fall apart in the process um Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people come to a yoga studio or a reiki wellness center or into a mindfulness class or a meditation class when they've hit a wall in their life so i want to ask you what brought you to yoga (laughs) How did you find it? How did it find you? Well, exactly that way. Um, Because I was unhappy, unhappily married for a long time, but didn't really know that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, The energies were wrong. The match was wrong. All these things. Um, So I went to the public library and I was like, well, I heard about this whole yoga thing and got a Rodney Yee VHS tape. And so, because I am almost 50, y'all, those who are listening, (laughs) VHS tape is this... (laughs) Anyway, so <laughs> it is a box that yeah. has a tape in front of it. Movies so would, and images would... come off of it. Yes. <laughs> Before streaming, like, yeah, what is has this? to put a box right. in front of another Yeah, no <laughs> streaming at all. I'm like, what? <laughs> Internet was such a, a far distant idea no, back in the early dream. 90s. Right. Yeah. It was, it was a nice dream. It was like, oh, what is right. that? Oh, okay. What is that? I'm like, what? <laughs> so anyway. Um, I would listen and watch his tapes and I would breathe and do this stuff with him for, I don't know, a handful of years. Um, And then when I was at this one school district, a group of teachers were a part of like a corporate account at a local gym. Mm. And so I I joined this gym and they had yoga and it was my first time practicing yoga with people. And I was like, okay, I like this. Mm -hmm. And so it was a variety of different teachers and this one teacher who's um, kind of a bigger name here in the Cleveland area. They were like, oh, she's back. And I was like, well, who mm-hmm. is this? Mm-hmm. So I would take her classes too. And I was like, this is some really cool stuff. Yeah. And then one day I was in a, another suburb where I work and I saw a postcard for hot yoga. Mm-hmm. And I start to hear about this whole hot yoga thing. And I was like, well, I got spring break coming up. They got one of those new student offers. I will try it out. Mm-hmm. And so I would take the owner's classes and oh. she would kick my ass I was it was like a 90 minute class I would come mm-hmm. home and sleep for like two and a half hours yeah but I was addicted I was like what is this magic here mm-hmm. and 
so I'm sweating and back then I had a relaxer and all this kind of stuff in my hair and I wasn't my hair yet. It was still like important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, that's okay. I got this week off. I'm not going to work. I'll figure it out. I wear my bandana. And I'm like the only black person there mm-hmm. for years. And it would every now and then sprinkle of people would come. Mm-hmm. But in like this part of this time that I was going, it was just me and I didn't care because I needed it. And it was yeah. something about breathing collectively with these people. Yeah. So I did that week and then I sporadically took some time here and there and I would go. Um, and then they had a summer offer. So I was like, Oh, I got summers off. I'm going to do this. It was like $99 for, I forget how many weeks. So I mm-hmm. went mm-hmm. every day. I practiced every day. And then they offered me a karma yogi position. So I was karma yogi for the owner and for one of their top teachers and somebody else. Mm -hmm. So it was like three classes a week that were free. Plus I could pay for the other ones. Mm -hmm. And so I was continuing to do yoga every day. I would cry. All kind of stuff was happening. Yep. I just did not really realize what was going on. And then after being there for a while, um, maybe two years, I found out that my, my ex-husband at the time, husband was cheating on me. Mm. And I was like, well, there you go. It's all this. And it was so terrible, Mm. but at least I had a sanctuary to go to where I could breathe with people. And then the teacher would come over and adjust me or assist me or just put her hand on my back as I'm weeping Mm -hmm. in um, pigeon or whatever. But then it's always in pigeon. It's always a pigeon, those hip openers. (laughs) Every time. But it became something that I realized that I could do. None of my friends went. went. Mm -hmm. Nobody I knew was there. I made friends there. It became like um, a place for me to try all these power poses. And I was like, oh, my gosh, look what I could do. Mm -hmm. And, And so that's, you know, became like a place for me to build my, I don't know, my confidence and so yeah. the next I became like a desk person. And then after that, um, I started teacher training, maybe after working the desk for three years. And so I was like, I'm going to do this. And mm. so I was there for, I don't know, seven years at this studio. Um, and they're majority white. And, mm-hmm. and, but they were my family. They were my home. And I didn't realize that I needed um, people of color because mm-hmm. at the point I just needed it because I was going through traumatic stuff. And then right. later when I started to find out that there were all these other yogis of color around the United States, I was like, we exist. Mm-hmm. We're we out exist. here. We're out mm-hmm. here. Time for a break. Time for a breather. One thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives, throughout our day is to breathe so I invite you right now to allow three deep intentional breaths to enter and exit your body and by the time you're done we will be ready to continue thank you so much for listening so absolutely no that's your story is what I'm realizing, starting to realize the more that I talk to mm-hmm. other yogis of color, black women in particular, and black men as well, that our stories are very similar, that our initial introduction to the yoga practice in particular started off in spaces where we were the minority. Mm-hmm. You know, we were the, especially for black men. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> I have these two black men that are, you know, I consider them to be like my brothers and they're back, you know, in California. And we all three actually went through our yoga teacher training through the same instructor wow. at different times. But oh, we okay. all three like- went in. Yeah, it was it was like it was a wave. It was like one went and then the other followed and the other followed and, you know, kind of went from there. But mm-hmm. um, we went through yoga teacher training at um, this place in California called Yoga Lucian in Long Beach. And the way that I was introduced to the practice was through a good friend, like a sister friend. Our kids went to school together since they were in the second grade. I was going through a transition in my life as well. A family member had just passed. I had just, you know, lost a job and was just like, what the heck is going on in my life for real right now? And <laughs> she was like, come to this yoga class. And it was a donation-based studio. Cause I was like, girl, I just lost a job. I don't have money to be paying $25 for a class. Yeah. Like, so 
donation based, went to the studio. And the first time on the mat, you know, physically I was, you know, I felt comfortable. I was an athlete in high school, you know, relatively active as an adult. So stretches and poses weren't really the, the, the challenging part for me. The difficult part for me was the meditation and the breathing. Mm-hmm. that was the part that I was most challenged with. And then of course the physical, you know, came later as the postures became more complicated. But at first it was sit still, Keyshawn, don't move. Don't open your eyes. Don't try to go nowhere. Don't try to think about anything else. Don't try to do anything else. That was the hardest part. And mm-hmm. it was in those moments of complete stillness where the mind had an opportunity to become full of all kinds of stuff. And all sorts of emotional experiences were coming up and coming out. Like you said, the weeping and the tears and the sweat and everything. I would leave class feeling spent physically, Mm -hmm. but so excited. Like, Oh God, I got to go back. Is there another class? Is there another class right now? (laughs) You know, like, and so it was such a blessing that it was a donation based studio and that it was like five minutes from my house. I could walk there on some days and I, I gave what I could. Sometimes it was $5. Sometimes it was $20. Sometimes it was a dollar, you know, but I, I gave what I could. And there was one day after maybe about three months of going to class consistently that the instructor who was also the owner said that she was going to be facilitating a, um, a 300 hour training. And I was <laughs> like, huh, now that sounds like something, you know, like when you hear something and something in your spirit is like, yeah, you should do that. And then the other part of the other part of you, the, the, the lower mind, so to speak, is like, but you can't afford that. Uh-uh. You got to get a job, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So you have like that internal battlefield of the mind, that conversation starts to happen where yep. one part Stays of you real. says, this is what you need to be doing, Keyshawn. And the other part of you, you know, what my mom would call like a doubting Thomas is like, but no, but no, we don't know how, how are we going to pull it together? Mm-hmm. I decided to go for it. The last time she said, I got one more spot left in this class. And I was oh. like, after class, I went and talked to her and I said, Hey, Dharma, you know, I really want to do this training. My money's kind of funny right now, but I really think this is what I need to be doing. And she said, okay, we'll work something out. I did karma yoga. I did Seva. I swept studio. I mm-hmm. came after every, I did what I did. And I did 12 weeks of training with her and it was a life shifting experience for me. And I'm grateful for it because had I not done it at that moment, mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever would have done it. Mm. You know, I don't know if it, if it would have happened. So I'm grateful for that because you said something earlier um, that that's that resonated with me when you spoke about like the four blocks. Like for me, I call them four C's, four corner people. They don't leave their four corners. They know <laughs> they stay in their zone. They're for, they're, oh, that's a four C. Yeah, she don't go nowhere. Um, but and it's not always about like travel. Sometimes it's about stepping off of your four corners or your four blocks of awareness, you know, like what else is out there. And for me, when it comes to introducing these practices, these holistic practices in the black community, I've been met with resistance in some spaces. Yeah. Have you had that experience having a studio? Um, Well, (laughs) mine came before having the studio. It came with my um my mom because mm-hmm. I am a Christian and she is too and mm-hmm. she was very worried about me losing my religion in the mm-hmm. beginning and I was like I'm I'm not um because certain churches teach that it's satanic period Ooh. and so like when you have your hands this way you're worshiping this god or whatever and if you sit this way and I was just like what and I was like, I just know what it's doing for me. Because when mm-hmm. I'm in, in a certain position, I'm praying. Yes. I'm praying to Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and he's answering me here because this is where I am so open mm-hmm. that I can hear what's next for me. Where sometimes in church, you can't hear. There's a lot going on in There's church. There's a lot going sometimes, on. Sometimes, right? So yeah. I was like, I could hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That would that was initially when I was practicing yoga and deciding to do teacher training and then deciding to create daybreak yoga um, from that because, well, I'll step back and then I'll come forward mm-hmm. again. Okay. So when I was in college, I was actually a campus minister, a very small little campus ministry outfit. And I don't know where I was. I can't exactly remember, but it was some kind of event. 
And this lady, she came over to me and she had prophesied saying, you're a light on the hill. And I was like, mm. okay. So since then, when I was 19, that's always been a part of like my, I don't know, verbiage for myself. And when mm -hmm. I had a different business, it was called Daybreak Services. And so my logo is a sun coming between two like hills. And so mm. I wanted Daybreak Yoga Studio to be a place where people could come and find light through information because I'm still a librarian regardless if I'm mm -hmm. that's that's my first thing because I became a librarian because African Americans we lack information and in decision making mm -hmm. we decide to do stuff because other people tell us to or we see it on TV we don't right. do the research so I wanted this space mm -hmm. to be a place for people to learn and to grow through reading themselves yes. or through special guests through workshops, through us talking, through me sharing, through me teaching. And so, so far, because I also prayed over my space not to have any evil walk through the door. So one of my Reiki mm -hmm. friends, she was like, what are your intentions? And I was like, I want it to be safe in here for me too, mm -hmm. and not to have evil come in here. So mm -hmm. I haven't had too many people be objective to mm -hmm. what I share. People are coming because they're so hungry for a better life physically, emotionally, right. spiritually, mentally, that they're looking. And when they've seen things that I've created or, or adapted based on other things that I've experienced, they're like, wow, I didn't know, or I kind of had an idea. Thank you for having that. So, so far, no. And I believe that I'll be protected and that I won't be attacked um, mm -hmm. outside of a realm that I can actually handle because I have been slightly attacked, but not necessarily through sharing yoga practices mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. And I, my experience was, you know, similar as well. Um, growing up in a, growing up in the church and, you know, um, that was, you know, how a lot of black folks in America grew up in the church <laughs> and yes. we didn't really have a choice necessarily, but that's just what it was. And so when I, you know, but I, I started, exploring different spiritual practices and, you know, even, you know, studied theology when I was in college and started learning about, you know, Buddhism and Judaism and Muslim, you know, the Hindu practices. And so when I started yoga teacher training, I actually went through a bhakti yoga studio, which is rooted in mm -hmm. the, you know, that's connected to the physical practice. And so I, um, you know, would get invited to speak and, you know, get invited to facilitate yoga classes in a lot of different spaces. And thankfully, um, before I would start teaching, I, you know, to have a prayer, you know, that I, that I say over myself before teaching. And thankfully mm. the spaces that I went into before I went into them, I was like, oh man, I hope. And, uh, you know, I actually did a yoga class like in a church in Compton, you know, California. Did and I was like, you? this is going to be weird. You know, like in my head, I had all these, wow. like on the way over there, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to say? Okay, what? I can't say this. Can't. Okay, what should we, should mm -hmm. we chant? Should we not chant? All this worry. Mm -hmm. Walked in and I said, you know, my prayer of devotion and it came out and it was beautiful. And everything just came through easily. <laughs> and at the end of the class, people came up to me saying, I didn't know that I could, that I could just sit and, and, and I could just sit in prayer. I don't necessarily have to be speaking all the time when I'm praying. Cause I said to them, I said, you know, prayer is the request. Meditation is the mm -hmm. answer. Like mm -hmm. you, you wait for yes. it. You sit yes. for it. You wait for it. You sit for it. And sometimes we skip that part. You know, sometimes we're like, pray. Okay, cool. I got to go on with my day. <laughs> but like, you know, I got stuff to do. But like taking that mind to pause. I mean, taking that, that moment to pause and give yourself that opportunity for your mind to become full of the answer is a big part of that conversation with God, you know, is we sit down just like you have a conversation with the person. It, it's a and that's point. where it's, it lacks because it doesn't become a conversation if you don't sit for the answer. Yes. Right. Okay. Because a conversation takes two or more people to share. And so if you're not sharing and so, cause because meditation is so scary for people and I'm mm. like, it actually says meditate on the word. Yeah. It says that in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So meditating on a word is like you're, you're sitting here and you're looking and you're listening and 
you're reading the scripture, waiting for the answer to come. Mm -hmm. That's what that means. So if I am sitting in stillness after I prayed, the answer will come because I'm waiting. I've talked. I've already said, like you said, you put, you put your request. I've talked to God. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to be like, okay, I I did. I did what I I checked that box off. I talked and then you walk away. Right. Right. It's, it's, um, and you know what I, what I like about the fact that there are more practitioners, black practitioners that are starting to step into their, their light, whether it's Reiki and yoga, yoga Mm -hmm. meditation, yoga and massage, whatever it is that we're starting to pick up these tools, which I personally, we just remembering the stuff that the ancestors were doing a long time ago. This is not new by any stretch. Um, we're actually picking up ancient practices. You know, I have friends in the LA area who are comedic yoga practitioners, which is another area mm-hmm. of yoga that I want to explore that has its roots in Kemet in Africa. And so those of us who are starting to kind of open up and wake up a little bit and bring these practices to our community, I think, you know, there comes a certain level of responsibility and there also comes, you know, empathy. We have to understand that there's a lot of unlearning That has to happen in order for people to really embrace things like mindfulness, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and recognizing how powerful it can be to literally redirect the, the, the pathway of your life starts with the way that you think, you know, the way that you think influences the things that you do, the things that you, that your life turns out. So I think that being able to, you know, I tell my mom, I'm just going to gently, you know, Produce this and hey mom have you tried this and you know mm-hmm. I got this you know this quote I want to give you and she doesn't really know where it came from it comes from the yoga sutras but it's cool because she likes it mm-hmm. and it's working for her you know well, where'd you get that oh that's actually you liked it though didn't you you know what I mean it's okay um <laughs> for you to embrace this this other thing too so I I like that you are having a good experience with bringing these practices to your community. Um, I want to know as a black woman teaching yoga, teaching meditation, (laughs) teaching all these practices, what is your big vision? Where do you want to see yourself? Oh, so I'm still working on that um, because I've been caught up with the business side of things, just like the day-to-day systems that they've gotten in the way of me really doing that. Mm-hmm. I had, a, I, I even, look, I, let me get it out. Mm-hmm. I even had a vision board party at the studio and I never finished my own vision board mm-hmm. because I haven't sat long enough to, to do that. Mm-hmm. But I would say part of it is to continue to bring as many different and varied practitioners together and to bring teachers from all over the United States and the world to this space, especially mm-hmm. people of color, to share what they know for our community. I chose a location that doesn't have any yoga. And there, there are certain parts of Cleveland mm-hmm. that are more saturated with yoga than others. So in the southeast portion where I am, um, there isn't anything. I'm in a working class neighborhood that... Um, health and wellness is a they un, they kind of understand maybe what it is but mm-hmm. they don't do it themselves yeah so I'm in a storefront um, there's a beverage store right next door to me there's a chicken space fried chicken grease I can smell it sometimes coming through <laughs> so like I, I decided that I have to literally be that light on the hill yes for these people for this reason there's a purpose why I was, I selected this place, even though I didn't necessarily realize I was selecting it, but you know, God said, this is where you need to be. This is where you need to be. This is where you're going to be. Yeah. So the road, yeah, it's bumpy. It's rocky, Mm -hmm. but I think, yes, my overall vision is to continue to just be open. As I learn, I share, as I meet people, I want to introduce people because when, like I said, I didn't know we existed. Yeah. I didn't know there were other black yogis out there, yogis of color. You know, I just knew skinny white ladies making bank. I mean, the studio that I went to, most of the teachers were driving like 
BMWs and Mercedes and Jaguars. And I was like, dang, Mm -hmm. they were like 80 people could be in this studio times uh, $15 or whatever the drop. I'm like for one class. Mm -hmm. So I was like, whoa, this, or, or they would go on retreats during the, the year. And I'm like, I can't go to Tulum. I had a job. And right. plus, I don't have $3,000 to go to Tulum just on a whim. So I just thought that that was totally a separate part of yoga that I could never experience. And then yeah. when I realized that I could, I was like, I'm not the only one who thinks like this. I'm not the only one who's, who felt like you're in a separate box. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I just need to make my box bigger and invite other people in. Yeah. So that's more or less the vision. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you touched on so many things that I think are a reality for a lot of yoga teachers, um, particularly, you know, people of color. The lane that we exist in is already different just because of the color of our skin. You know what I mean? We, We are an anomaly in a lot of spaces that we walk into. However, because we do have another lane, I've realized that and maybe this is just a militant in me, but I've realized that <laughs> I'm car- I'm- I need to be in your yeah. lane over there. I'm not trying to be in yours. Make moans, you know? Yes. And that's where Rooted came from. The Rooted Collective that I started building last year and is still growing was with the intention of, no, we're going to have our own stuff over here. And we're not saying that it's only for us by us, but we kind of wouldn't mind if just Black mm-hmm. people came. Um, because it's important for us to be present and your representation matters. And yes, I believe that equality is important and all of that. I also know that there's some very unique type of healing that is happening and yes. needs to happen in the black community. Facilitate that we Period. can only facilitate. Period. Yes. It's only for us. And I have no problem saying that. And so because of that, that is the intention behind the rooted collective. That is the intention behind connecting with your studio, people like yourself and the faith hunters of the world and the Chelsea, that's the reason why it's, you know, there's this, I believe there's this like spiritual, you know, rounding up that's kind of happening right now where we're all kind of being called into the same spaces and we're all showing up in the same spaces and we're building relationships and we're building this network because we might not need to go to Tulum, but we might need (laughs) to go to Chicago. Yeah. We might need to go to Ohio. We might need to go to Atlanta. We might need to go to Los Angeles. We might need to go to where our people already are yes. and go into those spaces and create that same experience of transformation. And then eventually maybe we will go to Tulum or maybe we're just going to go to Africa. Don't worry about what we Right. Do. We're going to do it. Right. But that's it my exist. long-term vision. Yes, it does exist there. And I think mm-hmm. part of my passion and, you know, what I do in addition to this podcast is, um, is providing, you know, consulting support for businesses, for yoga teachers, for black businesses in particular to know I've been in those other spaces. I've been behind the scenes. I've been at the tables. I've been at the conversations. I know exactly how they're doing that. And it's not what we think (laughs) It's not what we think. And that's where I get to you know, open up some windows. And thank God for that. I'm grateful for it. Mm -hmm. I had an interview with a person I've known for a long time to be a substitute teacher at the studio. And I, and I told her, um, I said, not one person here has sought me out to give me advice. I reached out to one of my YTT cohorts Mm -hmm. who opened a studio um, about three years ago. And he was helpful to a degree, Mm -hmm. but no one's been like, Dawn, Hey, just show, so you know, here are the pros and cons on this software, or here's the pros and cons on this um, type of packaging or whatever. So mm-hmm. the other guy, he gave me a few things, but like my teachers haven't done that. Other people that I know who own studios in this greater area, they're all white. Mm-hmm. No one's done that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's like, that's... but together, I feel like together we can all win. Absolutely. And there's room for all of us. That's the thing is is that there's room and there's enough to go around. The idea that there's not is, is just, it's it's false, but I am enjoying talking to you, but I will not keep you all day. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to uh, wrap us up here. I have um, 
just two more questions for you. Okay. And uh, one of them is, well, actually, it's, it's more of a, a statement that I want you to finish. Um, oh, okay. So I want you to think, um, I am happiest when? I am happiest when I am in my yoga studio. Mm. It okay. brings, I'm, I'm about to get emotional. It really brings me so much joy. Mm-hmm. I, I love this space. I love walking in there. I love working in there. I love teaching there. I didn't know how much I needed it until it was done. We painted the walls. My boyfriend has been so helpful and supportive, getting me to make the dream a reality. And I, I, I love it. Mm. That's amazing. Um, that's, that's good. That's a good one. Um, what is your power word? Oh, boy. Ah, um, boss. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> feels good when you hear it. Feels good when you say it. I love it. It does. Yes. I love that. <laughs> so one of my um, personal practices is um, I like to use um, Oracle and angel decks of cards that have you okay. know little sweet messages on them each day. And I have a deck that I've been using for the podcast. So I would just like you to pick a number between one and 52. 21. 21. All right. So the message on 21 is abracadabra. Aladdin's not the only one with three wishes. You too have a magical lamp that can summon all your desires to your doorstep. It's a simple matter of making a clear intention and letting go of any full notion that you have to wait for the genie. You are the magic. Mm. Thank you. You're I welcome. receive that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Mm. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it feels good. It yes. Does. This was amazing, Dawn. Thank you so much for oh. your time and just for... Saying yes to me for helping me continue to manifest and realize one of my dreams, which is this podcast to connect with beautiful spirits like yourself and to, to be a part of what you're creating and just to be able to witness it is really a pleasure and a privilege for me. I appreciate you so much. No, I'm honored. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, my dear. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and yeah, we'll be in touch soon. Okay. Okay. Peace. All right. have a choice of hundreds of podcasts and I appreciate you for choosing this one. Please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review this podcast. If you like what you've heard, check out my first book, Because I Said So, Simple Ways to Rewrite Your Story, available on Amazon. Stay connected on social media. Find me at Keyshawn Rains. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to something different and experience something new. Peace and blessings. Namaste.